Hey, I'm Paul Patrick, and I can wiggle my ears, but not my nose. Hi, I'm Van Kelly, and one of the defining moments in my life is when I cried because my dad forgot to take me to the movie Congo. What is happening and welcome to our show, Every Day I'm Different, a podcast celebrating the ironies of our personalities. Each episode, me, Van Kelly, and my co-host, Paul Patrick, will give you guys an insight into our lives through personal stories on a variety of topics. Paul, how are you doing? Good. Tired. Very tired, but doing Why well. is that? Uh, you know, getting back in the swing of things. Uh, we're both professors. Work starting back up in full force. I could, yeah, I could talk about that. Sure. I was definitely uh, a little poop today. Uh, speaking of which, I do not think I'm going to come see you at trivia tonight. <laughs> I think I'm going to stay in and watch Ken Burns' documentary on the war. I think you're making a fine choice. <laughs> yeah, you're not feeling going and hosting today. Oh, I will be. I'll be fine. It'll be all right. Well, I'm sure you'll be like, fine. But yes. if you had the choice, you would. If take I had the choice, it. I okay. would take a couple of weeks off. I yeah. got you. Now it has been a while since we uh, have done any recording. Uh, anything to share from your two, two, three weeks since we've done anything? Any ups, downs, highs, lows? Uh, it was mostly ups. Uh, went on a vacation with a bunch of friends, and I've talked about my friends pretty recently on here. Things went very well. We okay. even hashed some issues out, some of us that we've been having. And uh, Did it take a couple drinks to get there? Um, just floating out in the ocean, just kind of oh. being one with okay. uh, Mother Atlantic. Gaia, Mother Gaia. Mother Atlantic. But uh, <laughs> yeah, just uh, just being being present with everybody. I gotcha. Yeah. Hey, you're a smart guy. I just thought of this because of your ridiculous blunder of calling it Mother Atlantic. Yeah. What is the Atlantic in its name? Say so one more time. Where does the it get ocean, its name? Yeah. Why is it called the Atlantic Ocean? Uh, ooh, that's a good question. I don't know. I don't know. Me yeah. You think I should know? I feel like you should know. Yeah. I, I've never been across it. You've been across it. If I, I cross a body of water, Paul, I figure out why it's named it. I imagine it's got some uh, connection to Atlantis, which was supposed to be out past the Straits of Gibraltar. In like the Atlantic, west right? of, Yeah. So yeah. maybe it was like the marking of the unknown Atlantis Atlantic? I, sure. Yeah. Yes. Because I bet you the sea, the Atlantic, was maybe pronounced Atlantis at some point. Well, I just know that they thought the ocean itself was just the ocean. They called it, uh, back in back in the day, Oceanus. Mm-hmm. Right. I'll look it up. You go ahead. <laughs> well, actually, I think we were going to start uh, with with your topic yes. first, right? Yes. Right, so why don't you tell uh, the listeners what that is? All right. So my topic is inspirational speakers. Uh, You and I both uh, are subject to them every year when school starts back up. Uh, uh, The administration brings in for all of us a big-time inspirational speaker to gear everybody up for classes starting, for, uh, you know, students coming back. Do you think this is happening at universities and and, uh, community colleges and high schools and middle schools? And Like, do you think all—is this an education-only thing? No, I'm okay. sure that, uh, like, for instance, the speaker we'll talk about, uh, I bet he presents to, um, I don't know, executives maybe. You and think? I think, that, I think that a lot of these speakers can take what they're talking about and spin it for different types of businesses, companies, careers, you know. But, yeah, maybe this guy today was strictly education, and some of them are, I think. But, yeah, I think there is a cottage industry of education 
inspirational speakers, I bet. Okay, now <laughs> this may give away my stance yeah. on inspirational speakers, but if they can take whatever it is their their topic is about, yeah. and in your words, and I agree with you, twist it or, or turn it or make it applicable to whoever they're talking to, yeah. well then couldn't there be a logical explanation here or, or the philosophy of it works out that then all of them are just kind of pointless. Oh yeah, I if think they're they all, are. If you can take anyone and place it into any environment and twist it, then they're all just uh, they don't hold weight. Then I, I'll go ahead and betray my opinion on <laughs> yeah. them. I think they are all pointless. Yeah, I can't say that I've ever sat through an inspirational speaker who made me re-examine my life. Um, I, maybe if they had something specific about teaching methods to impart. Uh, I maybe picked up one little pearl of an idea uh, because sometimes the best teachers are thieves. But no, in general, the the general uh, feelings that they try to impart or even some of the ideas are so generic and bland and cookie cutter that they could fit just about any situation. Yeah. So see, that's my thing too is I can always take – like bits and pieces, find salient points, find things things that I can use, whether in my personal life or my professional life, I can take those out of it. Yeah. But if if the powers that be found a interesting article and had us read an article, I could find interesting stuff in that too, and it would take fifteen to twenty minutes. It would be so much preferable to me. And you know, one of my biggest issues with speakers is sitting in the audience and looking around at who is being engaged and who is It's, it's a depressing sight. It's, it's like so, driving past uh, like a McDonald's at uh, lunchtime or something, yeah. <laughs> you know? When you just see people well, falling for it and laughing was, at the stupid <laughs> jokes. Oh, no. and, oh the jokes. Uh, so, all right. So as you started talking there, I yeah. was piecing together all the stuff I hate about it. Okay. And I, you, you stepped on like all my conversation toes, like all the points I was going to make, you okay. just made. But then I started thinking about the next step and the next step. Don't you think it's probably difficult? And the reason that stuff makes us cringe so much is because think about it. Like what other entertainment really is supposed to be geared towards, you know, if you're in a, a working environment like a college or a big, you know, like law firm or something or a marketing firm where, where these people go and speak, yeah. you have like 65-year-old Christian moms there and then you've got like just straight out of college frat bros and you've got everything in between and you've got guys, you've got girls and you've got – there is no – you know, it's like at a comedy club. It's like if you're out at 11 o'clock at night drinking and you go to a comedy club, you're honed in already to a specific type of That was person. what I was going to compare it to. Like yeah. it's it's stand-up comedy, you know, in a way. Uh, and I, With I like can, a little brazing of inspiration. Oh, yeah. It's terrible. I can forgive some of the people laughing at the jokes because like a comedy club, a lot of people there are just like, all right, I'm buying into this moment yeah. and I'm following them on this journey. And I don't know what it is about me that I, I, I first of all, I love comedy. I love going yeah. to stand up. I'll see a shitty uh, open micer or, you know, fucking Jerry Seinfeld. Yeah. I'll oh, laugh wow. my ass you off. Would, you, oh, you would go see Seinfeld? I have. Oh, you have and I'm not a big Seinfeld oh, yeah. fan by any means, but I really? saw him live and he was amazing. Oh, sure Which, he was. I think if I heard the jokes later, I'd be like, that's, that's okay. That's yeah. fine. But when you're, when you're in that room, you're feeling that, that vibe. And so I forgive, you know, some of the our colleagues, I guess I should say. But what I just don't 
ever really get is, and this is hilarious coming from a teacher, all these inspirational speakers always remind, because they're always, I was a former right. uh, high school principal, I was a former college yeah. administrator. Well, it just reminds me of that stupid old phrase, if you can't do, teach. Right, yeah. You know, I, it rich coming from teachers, I yeah. know, but... All right, pal, if you uh, got the, the keys to the castle, then why aren't you still uh, an elementary school principal? Right. And why aren't you still doing X, Y, and Z? And I mean, maybe you know. the dude likes to travel and he makes bukus more money. Right. That is absolutely it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It, it, a gun to your head, Paul, if if somebody was like, we'll pay you eighty to $100,000 for you to be on the road let's say, 40 weeks out of the year doing yeah. this, would you do it? That is a good question. And actually, uh, it uh, somehow Let's say 40 weeks, you present three days, and you have weekends off. No, probably one day, Saturday. So this so little like side story is, it's probably another topic altogether, but I used to be very religious. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I used to be told when I was a teenager, like, wow, uh-huh. you should go Shut into the ministry. Shut up and take it? Were you Catholic? No. Oh, no. okay. I was told I should go into the ministry, that I would be a good pastor, that uh, I I just... That's about the most fucked up thing anybody could ever (laughs) say to another human being. You look like you would not do well with women. I went through college (laughs) not knowing what I wanted to do, Uh and at one point, and by this point, I And by college, you mean seminary school? That's right. Okay. I no longer had faith. Have you gotten it out of your system yet? No. I, I no longer had faith, and I was reading this John Updike novel uh-huh. in The Beauty of the Lilies, yeah. which is about a pastor who has no faith, and okay. yet he still ministers to his community. And common I was, trope, a common, yeah. I was asking a friend, like, maybe I should go into the ministry, because people say that I'd be really good at it, you and, but I wouldn't have so. any, like, belief or faith, right, yeah. so I was trying to, like, could I be a minister without faith? What's that? So that what? answers your question. Could I That's go out Steve on the Martin road? Steve Martin movie, Le- uh, Faith Leap Man. Leap of Faith? No, I think it's called Leap of Faith. Is it Soul Man? Was there a Soul, Soul Man? Man is not the... That's <laughs> the... <laughs> yes. Steve Martin, played by James Earl Jones. What? Dude, Soul Man was about a white pastor, wasn't it? No, Soul Man was the college student who took the tanning pills to darken his skin. No. Yes. That is, is that is absolutely uh, it. Is this okay. what we've come to? <laughs> the, to answer your question, yes. I could I go out question. on the road yeah, okay, and be right. an inspirational yeah, speaker? Yeah. I don't think so. I don't think I'd have faith in what I was doing, that I was doing any good. I would see it as like, now, if I were like a failed stand-up comic and this is my only way to get in front of an audience and I just needed that kind of attention and Uh affirmation, then, all right, maybe. But no, I couldn't. You had to my gun to my head. No, couldn't do it. I bet you there's a real market for... Real progressive bosses and people who want a guy, a person to come and be an inspirational speaker and talk about how inspirational speeches are stupid. <laughs> you know, like that was your gimmick. I would totally be into that. Really? Well, I mean, no, it would turn into the same schmutz. Like that's what yeah, I'm talking but, about. Yeah, but you know, maybe. don't vote for me. Right. Don't vote yeah. at all. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Like, yeah. I'm so like I, this is my my inspirational speaker that I'm getting in a character okay. character right now. It's just like if you came out and were just like 
your check is going to cash regardless. I didn't prepare anything because anything I would prepare would just be some rehearsed nonsense. Your jobs are not about rehearsed nonsense. You don't know what's going to come, you know, across the wire that day. You don't know what 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 person's going to walk in the door. Yeah. So you've got to be able to adapt. You've got to throw that out. All preconceived notions, bro. Speaking of being prepared, you'd think that uh, our speaker today would have checked his slides for grammatical errors. That's all I'm saying. Wait, there was, was one I caught. What did you? What? I caught a comma that. She should not have been there. It like uh-huh. broke up a sentence. It was like if the sentence was the girl loves the boy, uh-huh. um, it was like the comma girl loves the boy. Oh. It was. I mean, that's a, yeah, that's yeah, not yeah, what it was. Right, but it was right. like, and then there was a who that should have been whom. Oh, I mean, Ooh. that one just annoyed me. Anyway, Wait, does modern does modern grammar use whom anymore? I yeah, think. sure. No. To. Yeah. No, you're. Uh, not. You only use who if it's the subject of the. Well, clause. I know, I know, but I'm <laughs> saying. The same way that uh, fucking, uh, what's his name? No Country for Old Men, Blood Meridian. Cormac McCarthy. Cormac McCarthy doesn't use punctuation, qu- punctuation quotation yeah. marks. Have and you stuff. tried reading that book, Blood Meridian? Uh, it's not an easy read. I'm still no, on the what's side the, of punctuation. What's the sa- oh, wait. Blood Meridian is a standalone, right? Uh, yeah. Oh, I've yeah. read All the Pretty Horses or The Crossing. The Crossing. Okay. Yeah. I love this shit, though, man. Does he never use punctuation? I thought it was just in Blood Meridian. No, he doesn't a lot. Oh, okay. Because his thing is like, if you can't figure it out, then you're bad at reading, I think, is his Thanks stance. a lot, pal. Uh, <laughs> that's why punctuation no, was invented. I read a lot of stuff on grammar. I think modernist editors don't, like, you know, you don't use commas in uh, complex sentences anymore. Okay. Like, you can so have who, to. Boom is out the window, huh? I think it is. Man, I, I don't I think you're going to get Learning something for new that. every day. Yeah, man. Okay. I'm telling you. Anyway. Uh, inspirational speakers. Bullshit. A snake oil salesman. Yeah, that's that, how... And, and I, I like to pride myself that I see one coming. Uh-huh. And maybe it is because I would be good getting up there and be like, see, Now, folks, this. Right. here we are. It would be so This much is what fun. you need to do this year. All right. Like, we'd wear see, the suspenders right. and the... Oh. Uh, <laughs> I just tell them, you're assholes for buying my time. I'm imagining you as uh, uh, Pappy's from Pappy O'Daniel's Flatfoot Hour. (laughs) We's mass communicating up here, just (laughs) smacking your suspenders against your chest. We ain't one at a time in here. (laughs) Well, hey there, how you doing? Follow me on Twitter. Start reading the rest of the script of Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Um... So, I think I yeah I think there would be something fun about it. I think if you have any sort of like entertainment personality That's in true. you, That's true. And I mean, today above all shows, you don't have to come up with much. Yes. Just come up with a couple of platitudes. Right. Oh know? no, actually, I I can't believe we're talking about this. Okay. I actually you know the started. Uh, uh, yes, I did. Okay. I uh, I uh, I started writing down a couple of my own. Okay. And oh, like platitudes that... Yeah. Oh, man. All right. Let's hear them. They're not great. Okay? None They're are. They're not great. But, None are. And I would tweak None. these if I was, like, going to use them in some bullshit inspirational speech. But I forget his... Uh, it said his, none are, and I'm talking about grammar. Anyway, go right. ahead. I, subject verb agreement. Man. I know. Uh, I forget which one made me think of this, and maybe it'll spark in your memory, but it, it was like, you can't teach a blahs when they're a blahs sort of thing, right? right? I said, well, you can't teach a room full of Obamas like they're Roosevelt's. And then I was like, that sounds racist. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> like, but no, do you want where to you go? I'm glad the sentence understand? ended where it did. <laughs> no, that's, that's, that's all breath. it was. It was like, you okay. know, you have children who were raised in the Obama administration, and then yeah. you cannot teach them like the people who grew up listening yes. to FDR on the fucking radio. Yeah. If yeah. you put that... 
down. Oh, is it the fucking Wi-Fi? Yes. You can't teach Wi-Fi, kids. Using a landline. Yes, exactly. Well, no one's heard of a landline for 10 years, pal. So yeah, exactly. Calling him pal a lot. Oh, yeah, no. <laughs> pal is when you don't like something. Yeah, big chief. That's my... Uh, <laughs> hey, big guy. Uh, can't you... Uh, you can't use a VHS on a streaming generation. <laughs> Uh, you cannot use a 70s porno theater on porno. This is my last one I had. Kids won't remember what posts you didn't like. They'll only remember the ones you upvote. <laughs> that is, that's Blue, perfect. baby. You have your new, Thank it's a you. new cottage industry. Yeah, man. Um, I'm going to be the guy who, yeah. who says fuck inspirational speakers. That's I'm gonna right. I'm going to be the inspirational speaker who says fuck inspirational You'll speakers. be the Instagram inspirational speaker. Yeah, exactly, right? Oh, yeah. He didn't mention that. He no, didn't mention he Snapchat. Was all up, he was on the Twitter bandwagon, oh, which means he's a couple he, of years behind the bandwagon. And bandwagon. I think he's a stockholder. Jesus Christ. Well, I think he had God. stock in that weird uh, ball robot thing you programmed. Oh, yeah. Whatever. That was bizarre. Yeah. So we don't like them. Please let us know uh, how <laughs> you guys feel. And any inspirational speakers, we'd love to hear from you uh, <laughs> to defend your art. Are we calling it an art? Scam. It's your scam. It's a scam. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> to defend your scam. All right, Paul, so wonderful first topic there. Uh, let's move on to something else. That was your light topic, right? So I'm supposed to pick yes. a heavy one? Yeah, go for it. Gotcha. Oh, man, I got a couple here. All right, let's go with crying. Crying? Crying. All right. Okay. I uh, Over the, the last couple weeks uh, when we weren't recording, uh, summer was coming to an end for us. Uh, jobs were looming over us. I typically fall into a little funk, a depression, if you will, towards okay. the end of summer. Uh, if listeners have picked up on this, I forget if I mentioned it or not. I, Van Kelly, am not a big fan of working. Like, no. Period. Yeah. Jobs I don't like. And I think it all boils down to just simple not liking being told what to do. Okay. You know, there, there are definitely parts of my job I like and I would do if nobody told me to do them. And right. there are definitely many, many more things I would never do if, if my paycheck and virility as a person did not depend on I it. agree with that. Although I also do like having somebody tell me to do the things that I like to do. Okay. Because yeah. there's sometimes like I'd probably just right. do nothing instead. Okay, yeah. If I had like a dream yeah. job, if I was a writer or something and somebody was like, Hey, you've got a movie to write. We need it too. I'd be like, fuck yeah. Okay. Right. Like, thank you for lighting a fire into my yeah, ass yeah, because exactly. I'm going to want to do exactly. that. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, uh, so I, and these, uh, we're going to touch on a, co- a couple topics here. So what okay. I was going with is I wish we could have recorded a little bit during those weeks because like every topic I was thinking about and I was thinking about, you know, the podcast every day I'm different during this downtime. Uh, I was like, man, I would just take such a dark view of this. Like, cause you were in, because I was in such a funk, like, okay. you know, so one of the things that I do typically is like I did it this year when I had a girlfriend break up with me. I did it when school was starting back up. Uh, I like to watch war movies and war movies usually get my like juices flowing. Okay. And so let me just pose this first question to you. All right. Are you a crier? In general, I'm not saying do you cry that's different. Right, absolutely. I'm talking about the personality. Are so, you a crier? In general, no. Oh, okay. Yeah. I would have stereotyped to go back to it. Wow. I said, <laughs> this guy cries. 
I have been known to cry. Okay, no. But, I would, that, like I said, that would, right. that would have been my stereotype. But right. then, as I've come to know you, it totally makes sense because you are so attuned and you talk about things. Yeah, okay. So those people are an interesting less perspective. Less yeah. cry. It's like the, uh, you know, the people who are funniest in the world are people who are hurting the most because they yeah. keep it in and the only way they can release it is to be funny or whatever. Right. So that makes sense that you're talking about. You're, you're for lack of a better term, you're in touch with your emotions, which is a good thing. I think so. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I'm jealous. I'm trying to think I, the last time I cried. Oh my God. It was when my, uh, my girlfriend's cat died. What time actually. is it today? Oh, <laughs> Jesus. Back in March. Okay. So wait, your girlfriend's cat died back February. in March. March or February. Yeah. Okay. I gotcha. Sounds yeah. like a big traumatic event. You can't remember what month it is. <laughs> I mean, it was traumatic for her. She'd had the cat for 23 years. Oh, so. God. Oh, man. I can't yeah. imagine. And I, I haven't known him nearly nearly that right. long. But uh, it was more. three? Yes. Yeah. Okay. It was, you know, sympathy yeah. crime. Give me the I first letter. Bad. Give me the first letter. Uh, his name was Captain Courageous. That, that's not the first letter. That's the entire name. Oh, yeah. I thought you didn't want to know the name. No, I wanted the first letter. I was okay. going to guess. All right. Let's back gonna... up. We'll okay. re-edit this. C? Uh, the first letter uh, is C. Okay. Uh, Charles Gronin. No, no, he went by Cappy, actually. Oh, Cappy. So, yeah. Gotcha. Oh, yeah. I was going to try to piece it together. I know your girlfriend's a big nerd and knows lots of stuff. So <laughs> yeah. if you had told me C, yeah, I probably would have said, like, Captain well, Cor. Well, she's Cor a big nerd Rally. now, but she's had him since she was 15. Oh. So, so what does that name come from, Cappy? Captain I have Courage. no idea. Captain they, Courageous and then, like, an It was her family's... Or I, I don't know. It was a, her family's cat. Got okay. him in like 95 or whatever. So that was the last time you cried. I think so, yeah. Was that uh, to get a little action? Was that a little play? <laughs> no, no. Start? That was a genuine cry. That was cry. a genuine cry. And then, you know, I did cry when uh, my last girlfriend broke up with me. Okay. A few months before that. Okay. <laughs> it's okay. been a whirlwind year. Anyway. I gotcha. Yeah. Um, that's so interesting. I don't think I cried... When I've I've been alive for two deaths, uh, dog deaths in my family. Okay. The one dog I did not like. It was my sister's dog primarily. Uh, he was a dick dog. Did, that one didn't register. But then the other one, like I got when I was fourteen, mm-hmm. and it was my dog for three years. And I went to college. It became my parents' dog. And when and when she died, I, I don't think I cried either. Mm. But I mean, I had been away from the dog for like twelve years. I don't know. God, man, I'm such an art. I only cry when it involves myself, I think. <laughs> so wait, did you cry when your girlfriend broke up with you? Um, when these last, I you, you didn't finish. Did, you started uh, with war movies, and we, did, we didn't go um, past that. I don't think I did. Okay. Granted, I think I had some drugs that weekend, okay. and I self-medicated. But then I cried like a baby while I watched the war movies. Now, you, mm. if you could probably argue that that was a standard sure, surrogate for sure. the situation. A release valve. But, so what I cry over most <laughs> during war movies, uh, first let me answer my own question. Okay. I am a crier. Okay. I, I, I don't really cry in public, but that's, I guess, because I avoid situations, I would make. I pretty much only cry over fiction, like fictional things. Okay, yeah. Is that I mean, weird? Is that no, it's not weird. I, I know a lot of people like that for yeah. sure. I, yeah, I like. I find myself crying, and and I think I've discussed this either on this podcast or another podcast that that I'm involved in. But I totally buy into the, and I would be curious if I did this before I learned about this, like uh, emotional theory or whatever it is that. 
human beings tend to cry more during happy endings than sad endings. Huh. Oh, I hadn't heard that. You've never heard this? No. So when you see a happy ending, you're crying because in your head, you know life sucks and life will not turn out like that. So you're seeing something that will never happen. When you really? see something sad, you're like, yep, that's the way it's going to go. That's my dog theory. will die eventually, so I yeah. get that. My, uh, you know, Most relationships in my life will fade, so that will happen. You're like settled in that that's the grim reality of life. But when you see something happy, you're crying because, man, I will never have that. Oh, I'd have thought they would be tears of joy or just like the cathartic oh, emotions. Tears of joy. <laughs> Paul, so I'm not sure I've ever had tears of joy. I've never experienced it. Me but, um, Well, no, that's not true. I would say, now I'm getting back to wondering if I am a crier. I would say I get choked up during like happy, gosh, man, I, I feel like there's a movie I just saw recently where I was slightly Shape choked up. Yes. <laughs> As soon as he ate the cat, I was just bawling. <laughs> no, um, yeah, no, I, I think sometimes I do get choked up when good things happen. Wow. And who knows, maybe that's some sort of a repressed in my you know, subconscious, I know about the negative side, mm-hmm. and that's what really is probably gonna happen, everyone dies. Right, but, yeah. But uh, yeah, interesting. So, I watch war movies, and to me, and again, this just may be a surrogate, like if I lost a relationship or I lost a family member, Yeah. And what I cry, and trust me, as, as an old, intelligent guy who lives by himself, pretty much all you do is just self-reflect. It's just a non-stop, endless self-reflect. I've been there, yeah. And I've realized that what I'm crying at, in a big reason, the same reason I like fantasy. I'm not sure if we talked about that, but there's this brotherhood in war movies. Oh, you've that talked I about that. I do not think exists before. anymore. And then could you argue that I'm crying because I just want a connection that no matter what transcends everything, you know, that like cannot be unforged. Cause that's sort of what the war thing is. Like no matter what they go through, they will never not be there for each other. That's interesting. I would have thought it had more to do with what they were going through and no, the no, horrors that they were seeing. Well, right. It, it and, does that. It's yeah. that. But then it's that they never leave each other and they never give up on each other. Yeah. You know? I kind of always go back to that. And I don't think it's a good war movie, And but I cried like a baby during it. Was uh, The Lone Soldier, the Marky Mark movie. No, I didn't see it. Didn't see it. Well, like, it, you know, 30 minutes into the movie, they start getting shot up like Swiss cheese. Mm-hmm. And dudes with bullets in them. Like, they, you know from just about 15 minutes after the battle starts that they're not going to make it out. Yeah. And you can read their body language that they know they're not going to make it out. But none of them ever refuse to say that. And if any of them get separated, they're not worried about getting themselves out there. We, we're going back for him. Like, it's not a... So you're crying for the bond that the they bond. have with each other. Yes. That, is it a bond that you feel that is just missing in your life? I mean, you've Absolutely. spoken before about Absolutely. You, when you get old, you want to have like a Holmes and Watson platonic. Uh, exactly. Yeah, no, this yeah. is all part of the whole here. Yes. That Absolutely. you just want this bond with another man. Yeah. Um, and that's interesting that do, do you feel I, that? I do not have a brother. Yeah. Oh, okay. You know? Interesting. Uh-huh. Inter- you, do you, have, you don't have a sister, do you? I do have a sister. Oh, yes. I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't think you were an only child, but for some reason I would have thought you had a brother. Why is um, that? I don't know. Uh, it's a weird thing. Wait, who's your sister? Uh, there's reasons I, mean, I, I don't, don't know talk her, about but, her too, okay. too often. We did okay. not get along very much. Okay. Uh, I kind of Man, now I'm trying to up. picture it. Uh, is she older or younger? She's older by two years. Okay. She was kind of a bully, and okay. I was kind of a softie, and I just kind of took it. 
You still the, don't get along, or um, she's bipolar, so uh, when she wants to get along, yeah, it's the most important thing in the world. When she's angry about something, you're the worst fucking person. I've been in the there. world. I've been there. So it it's gotten to a point in my life where I'm just like, it does not make sense. First, you to want for another human being to want to talk to somebody who's constantly like just sure. mean spirited, you know? Yeah. I would say all the not like I love her and I want good things for her, but just on a day to day basis, I don't need that on my psyche. I got enough problems. It's hard to keep that kind of relationship healthy. Exactly. It takes it takes a lot of effort, you yeah. know. Um, where were we going? Why'd you bring up sisters? Oh, that you've never had a brother. That oh, right, 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 right. Bond. Yeah, and that. And how does this? So you just feel that this is your crying release like you don't think you're crying directly for the bond of brotherhood it's a subconscious need to release other a bond in general you know like I did you watch the war movies after breaking up Yes, that's what I'm saying. That's okay. how I comfort myself. So you lose a bond, it's like, and you're and looking also, for that other bond. Right, and I'm also like, there's some weird fucked up shit in my head that I'm just like, man, I would kind of like to be in war, like in a combat scenario. Yeah. And I don't know if that's just like some weird teen angsty thing coming out in me, manifesting itself as like a scholarly pursuit because I'm watching war films or something like that. Yeah. It, it might be the equivalent to listen to a Fallout song or a Fallout Boy song or something like that, like mm-hmm. a, a mature version of that. But then also, I don't know. I just – I cry a lot at like TV shows. Like I said, all fiction. Yeah. Music occasionally. Like it's hard for me to listen to the song Night Swimming without crying. I mean, that's a an amazing. It's a beautiful song, song right? Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. Do you have an emotional connection to it specifically? No, not at it's all. Just the beauty I of think that it's, song. I think probably the most unfettered, uh, purely fun time in my life is when I was a kid, probably yeah. when I was happiest, and that song really is about being out when you're not supposed to, doing things like. You know, he says the recklessness of, you know, doing things like that. Yeah. Yeah. You want to hear, uh, you want me to paint a picture of a scene that might make you cry about uh, this? So of Automatic for the People just had their 25th anniversary last year, okay. and they remastered it. Uh-huh. And as part of the remaster, uh, Michael Stipe apparently sat in a dark theater mm-hmm. with Dolby Atmos sound and listened to the whole album just by himself. And I don't know, I just feel like if I were in that... I would cry listening to that album. Oh, dude. Like, I... Yeah, that just sitting there in a dark theater by yourself listening to that in on theater speakers. Oh, yeah. man. I forget if I if I admitted this to you. I know I admitted this to our, our one friend, Barry the Jew. Uh, and I can't remember if you were there or not. Mm-hmm. But I totally get that. Like, there's... If that was what he was meant to do. Like, I will never in my life, I promise you, ever go back and cry over some student I had or some lesson I did or anything like that. Okay. Because that's not what I feel like. It's not my passion. It's not what I feel like I was meant to hear to do. Yeah. I, this summer, wrote a lot and I went back and read stuff that I wrote last summer and I literally cried. I cried at my own. For how good or bad it was? No, or not even that. neither. About okay. the characters and like what was going on. Because huh. it was fiction and yeah. I was like... You know, this is a very... I think it had to do with a mother and a daughter or something like that. And the daughter was leaving or something like that. Okay. And I was just... And maybe it was like uh, really self-congratulatory like, hey, this is starting to become a reflection of what you always thought you could do. So maybe it was tears of happiness that I just felt I had hit a point where I was like invalidated it maybe. 
Now, do you feel this is something that you don't talk about with most people, or um, would you say most people know? No, that you're my a crier? best friends know I'm a crier. I mean, okay. uh, you know, I love making fun of myself, and I think it's a hilarious thing to make fun of that I'll cry over like commercials and shit okay. like that. And see, I feel like if I heard you make that joke, yeah. I would think it was a turn of phrase, not a literally. I actually cried at that. Oh, really? Yeah, I feel like when people joke about, you know, oh, man, that, that made me tear up. It's not, they're not being literal usually. So oh, It's no. curious, yeah. Oh, no, like, so wait, when we've had this conversation about the end of Lord of the Rings. Right. I cry right. every time. You right. thought I was joking. I would probably use the same words. I'd be, oh, yeah, I cry every time. Oh, no, I, I didn't actually. actually. <laughs> I literally. Okay. Cannot yeah. see Aragorn. Tell them, no, no, my Well, but you said yourself, you, you don't. You bow for nobody. And the entire world bows yeah. for them, man. Yeah. Oh, God. It's yeah. beautiful. It's, it's great. beautiful, yeah. Yeah. It's fiction, man. Nobody will ever say anything. Nobody will mean it. Do you think it's that's why a, you're crying, that no one will ever say that to you? Because, not to me. It's because that sort of authenticity doesn't exist in the world. Because, mm. to go back to our first thing, everybody is an inspirational speaker. Mm. They're all scamming each other, either for, for patting themselves on the back or wanting something that they're missing and they just can't admit it. Yeah. I'm a very pessimistic person. I can tell you're getting ready to say that. No, but that's no. the way I feel like I'm being scammed in almost every relationship in life. But then I, re- then I take into account that that's probably normal. So then it's not that big of a deal. And that's but Aragorn is the true inspirational speaker that you trust. And believe. I mean, if you're a writer, if you're the yeah. author and you wrote him to be sincere, there is no, there is no debate about it. Sure. Yeah. Oh, I agree. I mean, I'm right. thinking to myself, uh, I mean, he, he this ran is into the, the point battle. of literature he, to give he, us a right. true, perfect, exactly. nobody in the real world can be that perfect. Right. Like, I, Which coincidentally, I get, one of my best friends loves Lord of the Rings so much, yeah. he, he would live in that world if he could. Oh, and, Jesus, I hate nature. There's no way. Well, <laughs> I think it's just the, the world of, you know, everything's very clear. It, everything's very pure. Well, that's what I, uh, right. not just that too, but you know your expectations of life. Yeah. There is a journey for you to complete, and if you complete, that happiness will come. Right. Life is not that. Life is filling out taxes every year, and every yeah. fucking month those goddamn bills come again. Yeah. Ah, ah it's just very repetitive, and, and there's a freedom to that idea, I think. Uh, but to go back, I, and I think there's, you know, that's why I understand why religion is so powerful, is because it's filled of flawed people, but then they also have the immaculate people, you know? Like, right. nobody... If it was possible, nobody would do what Moses did. And that's why people, you know, look up to him. And they're, maybe they're not crying like I am, but they find inspiration in that. I get that. <sighs> I just never made the connection myself about crying for something good because of realizing the bad behind it. But I, I get that. Yeah. I get that. Yeah, man. And I bet more people do that than they might think. But maybe that's only a pessimistic thing. Because See, I, I do you... think there's really are pure tears of joy and happiness. And it's yeah. more of a... Cathartic, you know, like I said a minute right. ago, a release, you know, you're dumping out all right. your emotions. And, but see, and this is, again, the pessimism coming out like, I I know myself and there's no reason for me to lie about it. And, <coughs> excuse me, there's, I know when I'm alone, I, I cry as how I do. And literally when there are other people around, I try to stifle that. Yeah. I'm... I would be curious, these to- tears of joy people, and when you said tears of joy, the first thing that popped into my mind are like the people who are crying during weddings, right? Sure. So my immediate, like, uh, I'm not a science guy, so the 
variable, the independent variable. I would like to know if those people would have cried in the exact same situation if there were others around, not to nobody else around to witness their crying. Like, is that's it a, a, that's I, a performative cry? A performative cry. Like, huh. I want people to know I'm a very emotional person. I want people to know that I find beauty in this. I want people Man. to console me. That's an interesting, like, manipulative point of view, almost. Not manipulative. No, not not that you like. Manipulative. Or just like suspecting someone of being. It's manipulative in the same way people wear new clothes to work. Like, there is a part of you that wants people to ask about that. That's not manipulative necessarily. You have to wear clothes. Sure. Like, I see what you're saying. Yeah. I don't know. It's. I did just watch an episode of. Do you watch Better Call Saul? Yeah. There's an episode on recently where. Uh, Mike is at a a uh, convention or not a convention a support group where a guy has been lying about his wife and he's just like his end statement is just like you know this guy wanted to find people who were self obsessed enough to to not catch on to his lies and you all were just the people and it's just like huh. not what they wanted to hear not what you should say to a support group yeah and I just wonder how many situations in life. You know, you see people crying and you can never under any certain – if you are 99 percent sure, you can't go. Those are fake tears. Hmm. You know, at a funeral, you can't go up to somebody and be like, dude, I know you didn't like them. Those are fake tears. Hmm. You could never do that. And see, I wouldn't even question that. Exactly. Yeah. But isn't that the exact type of situation somebody who would want that would put themselves in? If you're a sociopath, I don't maybe. Think it's a I sociopath. <laughs> because everybody's lying all the time about shit. Whether it's to yourself or to others or what you're gonna do tomorrow or I'm gonna work out, like we're lying. To I you. am going to the gym later, all right? Fuck you. <laughs> I'll believe it when I see it. I've still <laughs> never seen you inside of a gymnasium. Well, do you go to my gym? No. no that's I go the to a fake imaginary gym. I, I am always get in facts. I have never seen you in a gym. Right. Therefore, I'm not sure I believe it. Right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, anything else? You? I feel like that's that segment was very much about me, but you're very comfortable with your emotions. Is there yeah. anything else you want to say about crying? I guess I just still think it's more uh, authentic than you might of other people. Okay. But, uh, yeah. No. There's I'm a not going to go home and cry about this right. later. It's, how do you how do you feel about the? I thought we would talk about this a lot more, but maybe we're evolved creatures. We've moved beyond this. At uh-huh. least me and you, Paul, because uh, you know Bill Burr has a very famous bit he does about pushing it down and like men are supposed to you know push that shit down that's why I I mean when you're around other people is that a part of it for you oh no 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 I do not the stuff I talk about do you think I'm worried about people thinking I'm feminine not consciously uh, not not, anyway um, (laughs) no it's I don't want to explain all the fucked up shit that's going on in my head that's making me cry you know I like if somebody was like, dude, why are you crying or, or what's wrong? I would feel the need to like start and then I'm going to sound like a crazy person or I'm going to delve into secrets and shit I don't want to talk about with this person. Mm-hmm. I feel like if I was crying and somebody was like, why are you crying? It wouldn't be a good response. Or I don't want to be like, nothing, don't worry about it. You know? Right. Well, so what, what was your question? What do I think about the way men aren't supposed to cry or something? Yeah, do you think that still exists? I mean, do you I'm think sure a lot of people are I doing I think it that? does in a weird way, but... Okay, so how's that not being a sociopath? That's the same thing. Like, oh. I'm going to lie to these people. I'm going to push it down because I really feel this way, but I'm going to hide it from them. Is that lying? I know that gets into that's a weird definition. That's what I was definition. saying to you. Yeah. That's like, yeah, I don't think it is. I, I think I don't that's think like so. human it's nature. suppressing, right, you know. Right, suppressing, absolutely. Uh, but maybe lying. I was thinking of a, a line from Virgil's Aeneid, uh, the hero in Nias I know. He's just given a speech 
about how shitty things are. But yeah. he's like, listen, guys, we're going to be okay. Wait, what character is this? Aeneas, the main okay. character. So he gives a speech, says, guys, everything's going to be okay. And then uh, the narrative says that he then presses his feelings down into his chest uh-huh. with a pretend face. So he, he wow. has to. So he's been has, around for a long time. What's that? The idea of suppressing. Oh yeah, in yeah. Public, but the weird thing is, create like, a character in, in, within the Aeneid. That's an example of him becoming inhuman. He has to be inhuman to do what he has to do, and being inhuman means suppressing some of his emotions. Because, like in uh, the Iliad, say Achilles cries all the time. They're, yeah. they're huge crybabies. They just let their because. Oh, they... see, you just did it. You called them crybabies. That's just a turn of a phrase. <laughs> I apologize for cry shaming them. <laughs> there are but, lots of uh, turn of phrases that I get yelled I know. at for using. All right, a all right. Lot. Look, he was a big pussy. All right, yeah. that's, all right. he yeah. was a huge woman. Big old puss puss. Right, right. Yeah. No, but uh, yeah, because they feel things so greatly. They well, that's. Let out. I mean, that's that's interesting because you know I'm reading a war book right now because yeah. I was depressed two weeks ago when I started it, and so much of like every war novel is about you have to turn off emotion to get your job done. Yeah. And I feel like, I mean, did we not do this with our inspirational speaker? We suppressed the, f- I, I would have, there would have been nothing happier. I, for two hours, I would have been a pig in shit. If we could just set up there like Mystery Science Theater 3000. I have so many heckles in mind. Exactly. If yeah. we could have just, you know, God damn, yeah. if we were allowed to do that, but we suppress it. We suppress that right. to get our job done. Sure. Because we would be fired if we did that. Right. Right. Is the same, I, guess. I think that's another discussion for lying, you know, because I don't know if that's lying necessarily. But okay. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, Paul, anything else? Fuck inspirational speakers. Yeah, fuck inspirational speakers. And, and yay, cry. And cry, yeah, cry. Yeah. Or don't, or just talk about your feelings and be a Do whatever works stable. for you, you yeah, know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But crying is a acceptable alternative to talking about your feelings all the time. Oh, I don't think they're mutually exclusive. So. No, not at all. But yeah, sure. as yes. we've displayed, me and you both live a productive life and we solely do one or the other. If it you need to let like it out, it. let it out. You don't cry and I don't talk about my feelings. Okay. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, thanks, everybody. I am Van Kelly for Paul Patrick. Thanks for listening to Each Every Day I'm Different. Have a good one. See ya.